And welcome to the Table of Perspective, where we take a deeper look into how the internal narrative of an individual determines their response to life itself and all it entails. Today I'll be your host Bila and I'll be reviewing a little bit of the book written by Josh McDowell. But before we go into it, let's go into our first song and please enjoy. My life is different, it's the reason that I walk like this Too many die cause they won't speak, so let me talk right quick Y'all say y'all ball, but y'all won't even stand on courts like this Y'all say y'all riders, but you ain't even gon' roll like this My OG died when he was sipping all that codeine I had talked with him about God, he said that boy won't even know me He lost his life to a trap while in the trap, I guess that's trap life And most Christians won't speak, they say the hood don't even act right I gotta stay because my life the only Bible that they read They screaming that they bout that life, but yeah, they lost up in the street they won't even go to church because we judge the way they bleed Man, they die because they lost, I'm tired of hearing our peace We here to change the world, but ain't nobody changing it We won't step in them valleys cause we scared that it get dangerous Too many brothers dying in the jungle and they taming it And we scared to talk about it, but it's leaving them in pain And it's leaving mama's heartless Why we leaving them a heartless But I'ma speak on it regardless Sick in the head, he can't trust you for who you are. Cause last person that he trusted really died in his arms. And he can't talk to many people, he's still seeing the scene. And I would be the same if I seen it at 16. book um, that was written by Josh McDowell it is called more than a carpenter and when I first picked it up it intrigued me because it's a concept that I guess I dabbled in a little bit on how Jesus was far more than what he was said to be in terms of his profession and the things that he had done here while he was on earth and on the back of the book it says that Josh McDowell thought Christians must be quote-unquote out of their minds he put them down he argued against their faith 
But eventually he saw that his arguments wouldn't stand up. Jesus Christ really was God in human flesh. Josh became a speaker on college and university campuses, challenging people who were just as skeptical as he had been. In More Than a Carpenter, Josh focuses on the person who changed his life, Jesus Christ. It is a hard-hitting book for people who are skeptical about Jesus' deity, his resurrection, and his claims on their lives. Some of the other books that Josh McDowell had written include The New Evidence That Demands a Verdict, Beyond Belief to Convictions, In Search for Certainty, Josh McDowell's Handbook on Counseling Youth, and Right from Wrong. Um, it was really quite an interesting uh, read, although I had not completed it. Just getting into the first pages um, and to the center of the book, really, you are really challenged by the concept of how much you really know about information about Christ as Christians, or more specifically as a Christian. There are certain passages of scripture and historical evidence that goes to show and, and to back up the evidence of Christ. But the in-depth knowledge that Josh McDowell offered and also his testimony was really so powerful as a unit in this book. So for the first part that I'm going to be reading from, as you open the book, it says that, why is it that you can talk about God and nobody gets upset? But as soon as you mention Jesus, people often want to stop the conversation. Why have men and women down through the ages been divided by this question? Who is Jesus? And um, really a phenomenal opening to the book, such a clear cut description of what the book is about. And even the way that the book is written, it's not necessarily just an information based book, but it's very much personal and how it relates to the author himself. The book itself was, I guess, dedicated to uh, Dick and Charlotte Day, whose lives have always reflected that Jesus was more than a carpenter. So in the contents, you begin with the first chapter, and that is Mr. McDowell's story. And I was really excited to see that he actually did include a bit of his testimony. It really relates how the life of a human being is intertwined in the entire community and the brethren of Christ. And, you know, having to relate to that, like it speaks about in Revelation, how we will defeat the enemy through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. It's just so encouraging to see in the first part of the book. So according to chapter one, he says that Thomas Aquinas writes, there is within every soul a thirst for happiness and meaning. I first began to feel this thirst when I was a teenager. I wanted to be happy. I wanted my life to have meaning. I became hounded by those three basic questions that haunt every human life. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? I wanted answers. So as a young student, I started searching for them. Where I was brought up, everyone seemed to be into religion. So I thought I might find my answers in being religious. I got into church 150%. I went every time the doors opened, morning, afternoon, or evening. But I must have picked the wrong church because I felt worse inside it than I did outside. From my upbringing on a farm in Michigan, I inherited a rural practicality that says when something doesn't work, get rid of it. So I chucked religion. Then I thought that education might have the answers to my quest for meaning. So I enrolled at a university. I soon became the most unpopular student among the professors. I would buttonhole them into their offices and badger them for answers to my questions. When they saw me coming, they would turn out the lights, pull down the shades and lock their doors. 
You can learn many things at a university, but I didn't find the answers I was seeking. Faculty members and my fellow students had just as many problems, frustrations and unanswered questions as I did. One day on campus, I saw a student wearing a t-shirt that read, Don't follow me, I'm lost. That's how everyone in the university seemed to me. Education, I decided, was not the answer. I began to think maybe I could find happiness and meaning in prestige. I would find a noble cause, dedicate myself to it, and in the process become well known on campus. The people with the most prestige in the universities were the student leaders, who also controlled the purse strings. So I got elected to various student offices. It was a heady experience to know that everyone on campus, to make important decisions, to spend the university's money getting the speakers I wanted and the students' money for throwing parties. But the thrill of prestige wore off like everything else I had tried. I would wake up on Monday morning, usually with a headache because of the night before, dreading to face another five miserable days. I endured Monday through Friday, living only for the parting nights of Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Then on Monday, the meaningless cycle would begin all over again. I didn't let on that my life was meaningless. I was too proud for that. Everyone thought I was the happiest man on campus. They never suspected that my happiness was a sham. It depended on my circumstances. If things were going great for me, I felt great. When things were going lousy, I felt lousy. I just didn't let it show. I was like a boat out in the ocean, tossed back and forth by the waves. I had no rudder, no direction or control. But I couldn't find anyone living any other way. I couldn't find anyone who could tell me how to live differently. I was frustrated. No, it was worse than that. There's a strong term that describes the life I was living. How? About that time I noticed a small group of people, eight students and two faculty members, who seemed different from the others. They seemed to know who they were and where they were going, that they had convictions. It was refreshing to find people with convictions. And I like to be around them. I admire people who believe in something and take a stand for it, even if I don't agree with their beliefs. It is clear to me that these people had something I didn't have. They were disgustingly happy. And their happiness did not ride up and down with the circumstances of university life. It was constant. They appeared to possess an inner source of joy. And I wondered where it came from. Something else about these people caught my attention. Their attitudes and actions towards each other. They genuinely loved each other. And not only each other, but the people outside their group as well. And I don't mean they just talked about love. They got involved in people's lives, helping them with their needs and problems. It was all totally foreign to me. Yet I was strongly attracted to it. Like most people, when I see something I want but don't have, I start trying to figure out a way to get it. So I decided to make friends with these intriguing people. A couple of weeks later, I sat around a table in the student union talking to some of the members of this group. The conversation turned to the topic of God. I was pretty skeptical and insecure about the subject, so I put on a big front. I leaned back into my chair, acting as if I couldn't care less. Christianity! Ha! Huh, I blustered. That's for unthinking weaklings, not intellectuals. Of course, under all the bluster, I really wanted to know what these people had. But my pride did not want them to know the aching urgency of my need. The subject bothered me, but I couldn't let go of it. So I turned to one of the students, a good-looking woman. I used to think all Krishnas were ugly. And I said, tell me, why are you so different from all the other students and the faculty of this campus? What changed your life? 
Without hesitation or embarrassment, she looked at me straight in the eye, deadly serious, and uttered two words I never expected to hear in an intelligent discussion on a university campus. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I snapped. Oh, for God's sake, don't give me that kind of garbage. I'm fed up with religion. I'm fed up with the church. I'm fed up with the Bible. Immediately, she shot back. I didn't say religion. I said, Jesus Christ. She pointed out something I had never known. Christianity is not a religion. Religion is humans trying to work their way to God through good works. Christianity is God coming to men and women through Jesus Christ. I wasn't buying it, not for a minute. Taken aback by the young woman's courage and conviction, I apologized for my attitude. But I'm sick and tired of religion and religious people, I explained. I don't want anything to do with them. Then my new friends issued a challenge I couldn't believe. They challenged me to make a rigorous intellectual examination of the claims of Jesus Christ, that he is the son of God, that he inhabited a human body and lived among real men and women, that he died on the cross for the sins of humanity, that he was buried and was resurrected three days later, and that he was still alive and can change a person's life even today. I thought this challenge was a joke. Everyone with any sense knew that Christianity was based on a myth. I thought that only a walking idiot could believe the myth that Christ came back from the dead. I used to wait for Christians to speak out in the classroom so I could tear them up on one side and down the other. I thought that if a Christian had a brain cell, it would die of loneliness. But I accepted my friend's challenge, mostly out of spite to prove them wrong. I was convinced that the Christian story would not stand up there against the evidence. I was a pre-law student and I knew something about evidence. I would investigate the claims of Christianity thoroughly and come back and knock the props out from under the sham religion. So before I continue, uh, we're going to go into our second song and then we're going to close off just in a, a quick analysis of the initial part of this chapter. Please enjoy. Yo. They don't play with me, Tony, you know. I come from the east side of town, you know. Hey, let's go. They want the money. Tell me what you owe me. Bring out the trophy. Bring out the hoe. You got to show me, yeah. We ain't baloney. We ain't baloney. With all the homies. Watch out for police. Tryna control me, yeah. Hey, let's go. Free throw line. MJ flag. Let go shine. Don't stop crying. Show me that sign. Open them blinds. Hey, let's go. Bring me outside. Time to go slide. Open your mind. Had to go grind. Check your ties. Matter with Lady Rat. I ain't stopping cause the game is tied. Do 98 in Shack Town. Hit him with a dirty glass. Then I had to lose my pride. Could have had more fives of pride. When I got my shot tonight. Had to go to the other side. Yeah, coach, get him in there. Let's go, get him in there. Let's go, get him in there. Hey, coach, get him in there. Get him in there, coach, get him in there. Let's go, get him in there. Let's go, get him in there. Hey, coach, get him in there. Get him in there, coach. My BKs with the holes upgraded. Upgraded, upgraded. On that trading block, my sins got traded. Got traded, got traded. I might fade away, but I can't be faded. No SI6 is take it, take it. Take it, take it. Grace on me, got it stacked, got it packed, got it racked. Then I got racks, stacked in packs, then I got packs, racked and stacked. Mm. Just 
just a roster player moving like conveyor. But holding up that trophy, like, like, see you later. Jordan, Robin, Pippin, they ain't winning. Let's be quitting. Crucifixion in my vision. I ain't asking for permission. Uh, spirit in my engine, engine closer to slipping the clip and the gripping. I squeeze. Sitting the demon, he's screaming, he flip when the weapon is present. I give you a gift. All free, no slaves. Live forever, no age. God sin, God grace. Always win, I got faith. They always got something to say. Just not in our face. Too busy, I'm grown. But I got time to grow. To my man, which is five years old, the TV sold. I don't know how we handle it. Cheeto bags and bullets in it, felt like it was scandalous. Used to study police like the panelists and analysts. Popos know me by my name, so don't open that trunk. Life just fell apart, just like this car. My life is junk. Bad for all humanity. My love, please come and stand with me. Keep trying to kill this vanity. I need you for my sanity. Cause oh, what you see? I see Satan trying to come at me. Oh no, what that mean? Got a billion angels running through. Blessed you shenanigans My prayer sounds like a rambling To those who don't know the man within Feeling like a speaker mandarin Lord use me to show them man again I'm on edge Gift of the Holy Spirit Got me feeling like a winner Even though I'm sending close to the list Got me your one Oh son like that Oh cause I give my life Christ gave life for them wages Different chapters mean you gotta turn pages Testify Make disciples Guard your witness Study his word Learn what your gift is Kingdom building this kingdom business And we still not get evil Sessions like ah, ah. So reading through his testimony Already it's almost a common testimony in a sense where there is this deep longing and desire that cannot be really sustained or filled in by anything in this world. And it really not only is encouraging to see how there is this reality that people live and there's redemption for that, but it reminds me of something that C.S. Lewis had said. And he said that the desires that we, and, and this is paraphrasing it, it's not exactly correct, it's that the desires that we have here on this earth cannot be sustained or fulfilled in this earth. And, and that really does show that we are made for another world. And the Bible speaks clearly how we don't belong here. And this is only a temporary time where we're living on this earth for a purpose. And then we will be restored back to Christ in heaven with God. And just to finish off the part of his chapter concerning his testimony, he goes on to say that he decided to start with the Bible. I knew that if I uncovered the indisputable evidence that the Bible is an unreliable record, the whole of Christianity would crumble. Sure, Christians could show me that their book said Christ was born of a virgin, that he performed miracles and that he rose from the dead. But what good is that? If I could show that scripture was historically untrustworthy, then I could show that Christianity was a fantasy made up by wishful religious dreamers. I took the challenge seriously. I spent months in research. I even dropped out of school for a time to study in the historically rich libraries of Europe. And I found evidence, evidence in abundance, evidence I could not have believed had I not seen it with my own eyes. Finally, I could come to one only conclusion. If I were to remain intellectually honest, I had to admit that the Old and New Testament documents were the most reliable writings in all of antiquity. And if they were reliable, what about this man Jesus, 
whom I had dismissed as a mere carpenter in an out-of-the-way town in a tiny oppressed country, a man who had gotten caught up in his own visions of grandeur. I had to admit that Jesus Christ was more than a carpenter. He was all he claimed to be. Not only did my research turn me around intellectually, but it also answered the three questions that started me on my quest for happiness and meaning. But as Paul Harvey says, that's the rest of the story. I will tell you all about that at the end of this book. First, I want to share with you the core of what I learned in my months of research so that you too may see that Christianity is not a myth, not a fantasy of wishful dreamers, not a hoax played on the simple-minded. It is a rock-solid truth, and I guarantee that when you come to terms with that truth, you will be on the threshold of finding the answers to those three questions. Who am I? What is my purpose? And what is my destiny? And to conclude that um, really such a, a thorough research of the book as you go into the next chapters, which I'll share in the next podcast. But I highly advise that you just pick it up and give it a read if you can. It's a fairly thin book, not that many pages. But even though it's not that thick of a book, it is extremely in-depth going into the research of this man's study. And overall, it's, it really builds you up in faith and and really the evidence or, or the existence of the argument it really brings you to question the reality of things. That if we are learning or we, if we are living rather by a theory of things and a romanticization of what we want our reality to look like and to feel like, or if we're actually living a fruitful, meaningful life where our existence relates to our reality in such a way that there is transformation and that we are actually living in the purpose of Christ, if we are living for the reason we're alive or we're just waiting to die. So really such a really good book and I um, highly encourage you to read it if you can. Um, and that's all from me. I hope that you have a good day and perhaps pick it up and give it a read. So thanks a lot and have a good one. Cheers.
Stay updated, stay entertained with Active FM on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, LinkedIn, Spotify, Anchor, and everywhere else. Engage with us, like posts, comment, share them out, retweet, retweet, and repost. Spread the word. Active FM. Radio has never been better.